they're like, you know who's back there, right? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, try to kick it away from him. I'm like, <laughs> okay, yeah, let me directionally kick away from Taiwan Jones. Welcome, everybody, to the RNR Catcast, a fan based podcast focusing on Montana State athletics. We're two dudes named Ryan from the state of Washington talking about our dear Montana State. We hope you enjoy. We have been on a roll lately. We've been just blessed with just great interviews, and we got another one coming tonight. We sure do. It's been such a fun process for us. I don't think either of us imagined when we started this podcast in 2018, partway through the season, that we'd be interviewing such Bobcat legends as Travis Lule, Jody Owens, and now Zach Minter. What a fun ride it's been, and I just been so appreciative of these guys coming on to our podcast and taking the time to talk to us. It was it was a really fun one with Zach Minner. What what did you think of this interview we're about to play? You know, some of the questions we ask, we know where the interview is going, but part of the things I love about these interviews is some of the things that we forget. And there's going to be some some things in there that will spark your memory and uh, some plays that you're like, oh yeah, that happened. And it's just some funny funny conversation with Zach and us. It's true. We're just a couple of fans who are reminded of some things that we didn't see, and I think we. We typically remind some of the guys that come on here of things that may they may not have remembered either and totally just brings back their memories on things. So there was plenty of that, I think, both ways. It was a really fun interview. So let's get right to it. Here's our interview with Bobcat legend, Zach Minter. Right now, we welcome in Bobcat all-time great defensive lineman, Zach Minter. Zach, thanks for joining us tonight. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Oh, such a treat to have you on the show, man. We're both big fans of your playing days. And this is, we've been talking before this, how Ryan and I just enjoy this part of our doing this podcast so much, having these these Bobcat legends that we just were big fans of come on the show. So we just appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come on to our, you know, our little fledgling podcast here. Absolutely, man. It's It's pretty cool to get out here and, do a podcast from my office so you know it's I'm, I'm excited to be here well zach minter was a defensive tackle for the bobcast from 2009 to 2012 and 2009 he as a true freshman he saw some playing time but in 2010 he earned honorable mention all big sky on his way to scoring two touchdowns i believe i, re- I read that stat Ooh. today <laughs> <laughs> 2011, unanimous first-team All-Big Sky, third-team All-American, and the 2012 senior season is first-team All-Big Sky. And perhaps the most important accolade you'll ever receive, you were named the R&R CatCast Defensive Lineman of the Decade on our All-Decade team. So congratulations <laughs> to that. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Anytime you can make an All-Decade team, man, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I appreciate but, that, guys. Yeah, that was just the best interior defensive lineman, so... Good for you there on that go. one. <laughs> I, had to, I had to beat some guys off for that, you know. You sure did. Yeah, that was, that was yeah. a tough one. <laughs> right on, Zach. Well, thanks for joining us. Um, one thing we always start with uh, former players is we always talk about the recruiting story. What got you to Montana State, and how did that, uh, how did that transpire for you? Um, so it was interesting. My uh, high school, I went to Cactus High School here in Glendale, and one of the best athletes to go through Cactus. Um, he was the receivers coach at Montana State. Um, he played at Kansas University of Kansas or Kansas State. I forget. I'm blanking on his name right now, but he had gone. To- was that the quarterback? Yes. What's his name? Oh my gosh, I can't remember his name. I can picture exactly what he looks like. Oh god. <laughs> He was a pretty big time quarterback. He was a big time quarterback. I'm blanking for some yeah. reasons, probably because we're you know That's recording we're a podcast. But, yeah, of course. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But um, <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna come to me like a little bit later, and I'm just gonna say it out loud. You guys will be like, oh yeah, that's him. Yeah. But he was uh, but he was the receivers coach, and so my head coach got my film in front of Coach Beck, and uh, you know, the the story is, or at least what what Coach Beck tells me is that. 
there was a play where one of my DBs had picked the ball off in the end zone. And so, you know, as a lineman, you're told to block for your guy until he gets to the end zone. So that's exactly what I did. And I was running stride for stride for about 80 yards. So I was gassed out. And then, uh, you know, he said, that's all I needed to see. So they went and kind of recruited me and did a really good job. And I remember seeing all everybody, um, you know, in either my living room or at basketball practice or at my games. And then, you know, by the time it came to signing day, I was all in. Jonathan Beasley, I looked it up. Sean Beasley, gosh. <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't hear this. He'll be like, oh, all I did for you, couldn't even remember my name. <laughs> no, but Beasley's awesome. I'm kind of curious. Did, did you receive any interest from Northern Arizona? Um, yes. Yeah, that, that's a story in its own, too. I, they came two days before signing day. And, uh, you know, I was looking to go to NAU. I hadn't done any recruiting. I just kind of was seeing what came my way. And I had uh, talked to the D-line coach. And, you know, they wanted to bring me up on a visit. And my parents were thrilled because they wanted to stay. They wanted me to stay in state so they could watch me play. And at the time I was, I was actually dating a girl who was playing volleyball, who was going to go on another scholarship to an NAIA school up there. And I remember them, you know, saying, Hey, you know, we could work something out with, I know you got a girlfriend who plays volleyball. There's this and that, you know, we, we want to get you to NAU. So um, I remember being torn between that decision to either sign the NLI next day or wait make them wait a little bit longer and, and go on my visit and so um you know i had this gut feeling that i felt bad because i was gonna take the visit and then i just felt terrible about it so then i just forewent the visit and just signed to to montana state did you come on a visit to montana state yeah yep and uh i met i met a lot of the guys i met denarius on there uh, on the on the trip I met a couple, uh, I met Everett and, you know, some other guys and we, they did this really cool thing. I remember they put our highlights together and showed them in front of the whole team after they showed their highlights. And I remember just seeing everybody, you know, all the talent that we had in the room. And I was, you know, I was excited to see who was going to sign and how many people we were going to get and all these, we had all these Texas guys. And I was like, well, I heard Texas is, pretty serious about football so we got to be doing something right because i didn't know I, I i honestly didn't know much about football i i'd only played two years of high school football so i was still like learning and figuring out what was what and so but i i enjoyed my trip for sure and you were what about like 260 265 coming out of high school yeah yeah i was like 260 265 after uh, probably like 250 because I, cause I kind of slimmed down a little bit. I was playing basketball in high school, so I think I might have slimmed down just a little bit. That was actually one of the questions I had for you. Like, how do you – you played point guard in high school, right? I did. Yeah. How, do you, how do you feel that translated to your success on the football field as a defensive tackle? You know, I think the, the agility part of it, the footwork, the, the staying low, I think that was – that really helped me out a lot. I didn't know what I was doing when I was a freshman, so when I was going up against, like, Mike Person and Jeff Hansen, I was just like, all right, I just got to get around these guys. So a lot of the, a lot of my moves were, you know, almost, they almost look like crossovers. Like I go one way and then I come back the other. And because I was a lot lighter, I was a little bit quicker. So I tell kids that I coach all the time, it's, it's important to be a dual sport athlete. You know, I don't think it's necessary. I don't think you necessarily have to stick to one sport because there's certain techniques and certain things that you learn playing multiple sports. You know, before we get into the Montana state stuff, uh, I just want to recently kind of recap what you're doing right now. You're, you just accepted your first coaching role at, uh, Azusa Pacific as a D line coach. Um, how's that been? And like, what, what's been some of the challenges, obviously we're in the COVID 19 era right now. Um, and maybe what's some of the things you've had successes on there? Um, you know, it's, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. So I, how that happened was I used to go to these FCA camps, which is the fellowship of Christian athletes. It's a ministry that's ran through coaches and players and stuff like that. So my sister invited me to a camp at UCLA 
And I went the first year and I met the head coach at the time and the OC who's um, coach, uh, coach Rudy, Rudy Carlton. And uh, after that, I went the second time and I went to the campus and I talked to Rudy again. I said, Hey, if, if there's any openings, let me know. I'd love to coach here. And so the head coach left, Rudy got promoted to the head coach and he called me and that's kind of mm -hmm. how I ended up there. So it's just, it's just been crazy. Like, you know, the biggest, one of the biggest challenges is, is you know, building trust with those, the defense alignment and, and, and the coaches in the room. And so because of, us being quarantined and having to work from home, that's a lot harder to do. And by the time I get back there, we'll have maybe three weeks of voluntary workouts and then we're, you know, we're hitting the ground running. So mm -hmm. that along with, you know, we got a new DC, so we're installing a whole new defense. So, you know, it's just a lot, but you know, that's kind of the way I like to learn is just kind of thrown into the fire, figure it out, um, see what works, see what doesn't works succeed fail succeed fail so i kind of like this part but i'm definitely excited to get back to some type of normal so we can you know hopefully have a season i think you're speaking for pretty much everyone on that point right absolutely there. <laughs> <laughs> for sure well before um, we, we'd be remiss to not mention that you were you know you spent some time in the nfl and then had a, a career in the cfl too so uh, what were, what was that like what was what was your parochial like in the NFL and then I guess your transition into the CFL? I mean, it was, it was crazy. I, you know, when I was, my senior year didn't go the way I wanted it to go. I, I battled injuries here and there and I went through some rough stuff off the field. So my, you know, my will to play in the league really didn't, wasn't something that I had the whole career even my senior year you know I wasn't even invited to really any of the big all-star games so I was like I'm just gonna finish school you know I'm gonna you know maybe take my you know I'm weathered from four years of college ball I don't know what I'm gonna do and then I got invited to a a camp or a, an all-star game in Tucson Arizona and it kind of just went from there I got an agent uh, I left my spring semester so I could train and so when I went to Come draft day, you know, I signed to Chicago. It was it was crazy. I, I really couldn't believe it. Not only was I signing a a rookie undrafted free agent, but I'm signing in the place where a lot or most of my family lives in. So hmm. my mom's from Chicago. My all my families are Bears fans, and here I am going to try to make the team in Chicago. So it was just nuts, and we were stacked. We had. People like uh, Julius Peppers, we had Henry Melton, Stephen Paya, like Lance Briggs, uh, Peanut Tillman, Matt Forte, Brandon Marshall, uh, Kyle Long, um, Garza. Like there were so many people on that team. I, I the team meetings were just crazy. I was like, "That's that guy. That's that guy. That's that guy." But <laughs> you know, they put on their helmet and strap up with their pads just like I did. So it was it was crazy. And then so I made the team and. Our defensive line wasn't doing very well. So, you know, it's way easier to cut an undrafted free agent for a, a pro bowler. So they brought Ratliff in from um, the Cowboys. And then I ended up signing a futures deal to Cincinnati. Uh, was there, got cut during preseason, then went to Dallas. And that went well. And uh, then I had been cut the last game. And so I uh, ended up going to the CFL, which was crazy. I played with uh, Travis Lule, who is a, a who is a legend from Montana State. We've heard of him. And <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it, it was so it was cool to see what everybody was talking about. You know, I mean, everybody loves Trav, and you know, when I got to be his teammate, and we talked, and we had something in common like that. It, it immediately kind of bonded us, and he kind of took me under his wing, and. So it was cool. Was there for two years and then ended up in Saskatchewan and then that was it. So a crazy ride. Bounced around a little bit. Got to live in a lot of different places, but you know, I met a lot of cool dudes. You know, while I was I got to live in a lot, I got to see a lot of things and it was it was a pretty sweet deal. And the money was money was all right. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. <laughs> I, I remember watching uh 
uh, some of the plays. You you got some good airtime when you were in Dallas. You had a few plays there, and you kind of created some buzz there. And we were watching up in Montana. I was like, all right, Minner, do your thing up there. It was pretty cool to see it. So I want to say we were watching you when we could in the pros. It was cool. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, so let's about let's bounce back into the Montana State uh, years in. Um, one of the, one of the most memorable plays I can even remember as not only just like for you, but as a Bobcat came from the 2010 game against Eastern when you guys were, I think like 17th ranked in the nation or 15th ranked, but yeah, the the Eastern was like ninth, but guys really took it to them 30 to seven. Um, is that what the final was? Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was awesome. I got to call uh, Bo Levi and, and rub that in his face a little <laughs> bit. I, I, I played with Bo in uh, Calgary, and he, I remember him talking about that play, and he said, why does that, why'd you put that the first play on your highlight reel? I was like, it's not my fault, <laughs> man. You just, you just happened to make the, make the cut, dude. So, yeah, I remember that game, too. It was, it was crazy. <laughs> it's, it's one of the coolest plays I've ever seen. You had a, I mean, for our listeners who don't know what's going on, uh, you had a 53-yard pick six on a screen pass or an over-the-middle pass. Uh, you pl- you played it well, man. I was just watching it just today, and uh, it seems to me you had a couple of those plays. It seemed to me, like, Zach, that you were just short enough that you could hide behind the offensive line just really <laughs> well. <laughs> and you And you had a knack for assessing or knowing when those screen passes and those bubble plays were coming, but man, you just you got some wheels, and I think that's something that really differentiated you amongst other linemen that we've had and that we continue to see in the FCS. Is man, just your speed alone it was just unmatched as a defensive lineman. But uh, yeah, I know that play it endeared you to Bobcat Nation, and it's something that like if you even just Google yourself into the uh, the annals of Montana State Bobcats. That's what comes up. That's the photo you see yourself, and you, it looks like you're even smiling during it. <laughs> <laughs> I probably was, dude. I, I probably my eyes were probably huge, and I was probably smiling. That had to you, be too the same thing. Yeah, and, and, and juxtaposed behind you is the is Bobcat Nation in the sideline, and they're just they're just whooping it up. So what a cool play! What a cool moment! Yeah, I mean, for it's it definitely helped me in the running because we had some injuries on the line and I kind of was, I kind of had to play, you know, it was kind of like next man up for me. And uh, I just remember a couple of those games, like the game before I'd stripped some guy for a touch. I stripped the quarterback for a touchdown that game. Yeah. Yep. And then that next game I did that. And then the next game I drop into coverage and pick a ball off. And so by that time, the, I remember the next week I was in there and Coach Beck was like, look, I know, um, I think his name was D'Alba. Yeah, Jason D'Alba. Jason, D, Jason D'Alba, yep. He's like, I know he's back, but, you know, Minner's making plays, so we got to keep him on there. So that's a lot of, you know, what I tell my guys. It's like, hey, we, we got to make plays up front. You know, that's, that's one of the biggest things, you know, that we can do for our defense because we're the, we're the closest to effect change. And I think – you know, what had helped me was kind of that basketball um, acumen I had or just the touch for the ball just because I was able to either get tips or catch the ball or, you know, be somewhat in the right area at the right time to, you know, get a get a fumble, get a get a pick and then, you know, go the other way. So shout out to the basketball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember a uh, real quick side tracker, Jason Dialba came over from Drake with Rob Ash, I believe. Um, That's right. And uh, I remember thinking he was kind of a mean dude on the field. <laughs> yeah, he was. He had a real nasty streak. I don't know how he was in real life, but he looked pretty aggressive on the football field. <laughs> no, he was. He he was intimidating for sure. You know, he was a big dude too. Man, I love talking to you guys about this stuff. You definitely bring it back to the forefront. You know, it's almost like I'm sitting – in front of the Albert right now, he'd have this, he had this like yell that was serious. But you know what? I remember when he was done playing. The next time I saw him, he dropped like eighty pounds, and he wasn't as scary as he used to be. That was for sure. <laughs> so keeping in that game 
Zach, I remember talking to Jody last week and one of the questions you asked him was like, who's the toughest player you've gone against? And without hesitation, he said, Taiwan Jones. You guys knocked Taiwan Jones out of that game in the third quarter. What do you remember about him? And like, what was your game plan for him? I just remember us knowing that we needed to stop this dude's speed. Like he was fast and he was kind of big too. He wasn't like, like buff, but he was like tall, you know? So this guy was, you know, mm-hmm. definitely NFL talent, um, just quick. And, you know, the crazy part about it was uh, playing against Taiwan. I remember one time we I, all our kickers were sick, and so I had to kick off once. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, yes. I, about that. Yes, I had I to kick that. off once. And, uh, that was in I'm, Eastern, right? That was in yeah, Cheney. In Eastern. And uh, <laughs> they're like, you know who's back there, right? And I'm like, yeah they're like try to kick it away from him i'm like (laughs) okay yeah let me directionally kick away from taiwan jones so i the first one i like kind of gets down there and they tackle him but then coach beck comes up to me he's like all right what we want you to try to do is like pooch it up in the air like kick it as high as you can i'm like are you serious (laughs) like where do you think uh, i'm i'm just trying to kick this thing as hard as i can so what do i do (laughs) i pop it up right next like right at taiwan and he just hits the middle and goes down the sideline. And I remember I had to get on my horse and go and just, and I got there just in time to push him out of bounds or else he would have been gone. So that dude just had like, that dude had some serious speed, but our game plan was to make sure that he didn't get outside the the box, put hats on him um, and just make it a longer game for him than he was anticipating. How was Bo Beck on the sideline after your, uh, that kick? Uh, he, he knew, he, I mean, Bo was so, you know, he was such a good coach when, you know, when things weren't going well, he was still there in there locked in with us. He wasn't gonna, you know, cuss anyone out or anything like that, but he was just like, I know, I don't even know what I was doing asking you to do that. And I was like, yeah, man, you almost costed us a touchdown. So, um, but yeah, it was, it was fun, but I did not kick after that. That was for sure. <laughs> Oh, that's good. That's good stuff, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, just just quickly, like, what was the conversation? Like, how did you go, oh, I guess I could kick coach? Or did, like, Ash come up to you and say, like, hey, Zach, we're going to need you to kick this game? <laughs> like, how did that even come about? Kind of. So, like, the, you know, there was the swine flu going around. So, a lot of guys had it. So, we had uh, Cunningham and Perez. And both of them were sick. And, like, they were getting sick, like, right before we were about to leave. And um, they were like, dude, we might not have anybody to kick field goals or kickoffs. And so they held a kickoff competition at practice on, like, a Thursday. It was, like, right before we left. And uh, it was, like, me and – I'm the only person I remember was Dan Ogden. And the only reason I remember that is because he was an upperclassman. He was playing like in front of me or like right by me. I was like, I got to beat Dan out for this. Like, I don't even care if it's like the one, I just have to beat Dan. So we, it was me, Dan Ogden. And I think like, I don't know, like someone else, like a couple other people. And we actually had a kickoff for it. Um, And so I ended up kicking further than him. And so they were like, just be ready. Just be ready. Just be ready. And the day of the game, he's like, Hey, are you okay to kick off? And I was like, sure, I guess. Like, what am I going to say? No, I don't want to kick, but uh, I will. <laughs> so I I went out there with the specialists pregame and was kicking. There's a picture of me somewhere. <laughs> There's a picture of me somewhere, like lining up, like practicing kickoffs. And it's just like, it, it, it looks like, what it would look like if a D tackle was just kicking a football, like Vince, <laughs> not maybe not Vince Wilfork, but maybe Vince Wilfork's little cousin. Like I have, I had no business out there kicking that football. Well, it adds a nice extra tackler to the kickoff at least, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dude, we lost that game on a bogus call too. Oh, that was that? Everett's cat. That was Everett's catch, right? They said yep. he was out. Yep. I yeah, that. I remember that. Oof. Oh my gosh, guys, you're you're really taking me down memory lane. Here. <laughs> well, that's part of the fun for us too, because we get to relive this and chat with the guy who was there on the field. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. So I love it. we asked you 
or kind of asked who, or I guess is yours the same answer? Who is the toughest guy that you had to defend? Is it Taiwan Jones or is it somebody else? Oh, just like of all time. Well, let me say you're on the defensive line. Uh, let me ask mm-hmm. a different question. Who was the hardest guy you went up against? Oh, uh, anyone stick out in your mind? Dude, you know what? Um, I didn't play against him, like against the team, but when I used to go against Mike Person, that dude is a monster. Okay, he. I used to scout my freshman year, and I didn't know much, but he used to throw us around (laughs) like no big deal. He was just – and he practiced so hard. He lifted like a machine. He was the epitome of, you know, Montana State football. You know, uh, him and Dane, they were like the workhorses. Um, And I remember just going up against him on one-on-ones, and he was was tough. Um, just all around. So a softball question for you, Zach, what's your best memory at MSU? Oh, wow. There's so many good ones, man. There's so many good ones. You know, the football is awesome. You know, I could definitely talk about all the the plays or the, you know, the the locker room stuff or the, the traveling, you know, but I think, one of the coolest things I did was I, you know, befriended this family out of um, Great Falls. And just to watch, you know, that family, you know, kind of take me in. And, you know, I remember the first Minter jersey I saw is one of, it was one that they had ordered. And I just thought that was like the coolest thing. It was like, wow, there's, there's, there's the first 96 jersey. Um, and that just turned into, you know, them coming down every single home game to then me hanging out with them when we'd go do the, the banquet, you know, those banquets were cool too. Um, you know, triangle the, classic. the triangle classic. Yep. Yeah. You know, and just seeing, you know, just seeing how kind some people are to just not even know someone and then treat them like, you know, one of their own. That was, that was pretty cool. That was one of my favorite memories for sure. And then it was like, it was like a homecoming game and they took a shot of us and it's like me and him chilling. I think I'm holding him. One of my friends is in the background. She was a cheerleader at the time. And it just like, it was, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Just, you know, the people of Bozeman, the small town feel, you know, like that kind of like that's environment. That was probably my favorite part. You know, it was just how much they let, you know, it could have been way different if I went to a school in an FCS school in California or, you know, some other place where it's not as tight knit a group. So that's probably my favorite part about the playing days was just playing in a, in a town like Bozeman and the people of Bozeman. So in doing research for the episode tonight, I came across that photo and it like triggered in my mind, like, oh my gosh, there was like a mini mentor or something. What was it called? And I think it was like Little Zach, right? Like that's what. Yeah, and his name, yeah, his, his name, name happened Zach to be too. Zach. Yeah. So, I, I had the article linked in here. I was going to ask you about that specifically because I it came back to me. I remember that being like a big deal, and the kid was just so excited and came to all the games and stuff. So, I'm glad you brought it up because that's 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 a really cool thing as a as a Bobcat fan seeing the connection from someone not from Montana in particular, just making that cool connection with like a, a little kid. And now that I'm like a dad, it even means like more to me looking back on that. It's like, that's just so cool. Like I hope my son gets to experience that kind of bond or, you know, just that what sports can bring that really nothing else can really bring like it. So that was a really cool thing. And I'm, I'm glad that you brought it up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. And like, it was crazy even how it happened. I was, you know, we did, we were doing the cat prowl and the bobcat prowl and I was walking and I was like, you know, just saying what up to everybody. And then, I had missed him and coach Beck had tapped my shoulder and said, come back, see this kid. Like you've missed this guy. And so I came back there and spent some time with him and asked him how he was doing and went off. Well, then the mom, um, Andrea, who's his mom had, she wrote to coach Ash and was just talking about how much it meant and figured out his name was Zach, figured out my name was Zach and that that was his buddy on the football field. So then when I read that, I was like, wow, like that really meant a lot. Like what else can I do for him? And then it just kind of snowballed from there. So 
um, you know, shout out to the deans, you know, Andrea and Bob and Ruby, you know, they, they took initiative to say thank you for that. And then that's kind of how it, it kind of went from there. So yeah, yeah those are, that's such a cool story. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, man, he's 15 now. He's got his permit. It's just nuts. Dude. It's, it's, it's just time flies by. It's going to be a bobcat. Absolutely. Yeah, there's, yes, he's got to be. He's got to be. Well, I know something that uh, meant a lot to bobcat fans. You were able to get two victories over the Grizz both times in Missoula, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The question we typically ask, especially um, people from out of state, like just what was your expectations going into Cat Grizz rivalry and then what was it actually like? Well, the, the expectation, I really didn't know what rivalries were because, yeah, I played for Cactus and we had a rivalry between that. But, um, you know, looking at, just listening to the stories and like hearing some of the deep, I wouldn't say hatred, but it's more of like a, an angst that they have against even just the color maroon itself was, <laughs> dark was pink. something. Yeah. Dark pink, burnt pink. I've heard all of it. <laughs> um, um, it, 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 I didn't really get it until it was, you know, we had played that game or, you know, maybe even the week leading up to it. That's all anybody wanted to talk about was beating the Grizz, beating the Grizz, beating the Grizz. You know, you hear all the things. We don't care if you lose every game, just beat the Grizz. Like all that stuff is just right there at the forefront. And then, you know, the lights turn on and it's, you know, it's game day and people are just, you know, you really notice it when you walk out for warmups and it's almost full. Like everybody's got their seat. And then when the game starts, it's full. It's full all the way to halftime. And then you come out at halftime and normally people have gone and, you know, took takes they went outside the walls or they've done something and, you know, not at the cat grizz. By the time the second half starts, everybody's in their seats ready to roll. So um there's just good there's a lot of good energy when it comes to cat grizz. And it's nothing like where it gets out of hand too, which I like. You know, it's not like People are doing crazy stuff or getting out of hand. It's just, we really want to beat the Grizz. So just make sure that happens this weekend, okay? And I'm saying, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I can do that for you. And, you know, and one of the biggest bummers is I, I wish I could have won one at home. You know, both of them in Missoula, which is great. Silence in the crowd. But I just wanted to, you know, hoist that trophy up in front of some Bobcat, all the Bobcat fans. But Yeah, there, there's a weird stretch there where, the away team won like five or six straight of the, of the brawl. It was really, really, <laughs> pretty, yeah, it was really weird. It was like 2009 to 2000 and I don't know, 14 or 15, somewhere in there. Yeah. There's a, there's a nice little streak going on for the Bobcats right now, right? Oh, They're four and zero against them. Four and zero. Yep. Last four years, Jeff Choate has not lost a game to the Grizz. There it is. <laughs> there it is. So Zach, uh, we're going to take a little dive into some post-playing time. We did a little bit of research. We found that you came back to Montana State and did an internship with uh, the athletic program. Uh, we and we found this out because we we recently talked with Bethany Cordell. <laughs> oh gosh, love Bethany. She's awesome. Yeah, she, yeah, she was. She was such a a fun person to interview. Um, but she had something interesting to say about you. And we're going to play a clip for you. <laughs> a little um, story. Just listen. A little story. Yeah, a little oh, story. Okay. Just, there we go. Uh, so just listen to it and uh, <laughs> let's see what you have to say okay. after that. This is from our, our episode with Bethany Cordell. So here you go. Zach was definitely one of those kids that like you'd have to scale back a little bit. Um, <laughs> and one of the ideas he brought me, he was like, okay, so imagine this. Like we get a diaper and we like melt a chocolate bar in it. And the students are all just licking the chocolate out of the diaper. <laughs> in the and I was like, Zach, I, I love where your head's at. I think that would be very distracting, but I'm going to go ahead and just have to say that's not what we're going to do this weekend. <laughs> oh my gosh. I still think that would be a great distraction. <laughs> I still stand by that idea. 1000%. I agree. Yeah, that would be very distracting. Uh, <laughs> Could you imagine shooting a free throw? Oh my gosh! There's a guy in the stands. It looks like that's a diaper from. Oh my gosh! Is that? Uh, see, it's just your mind escapes right away. 
Oh, that's so funny. I remember when I was talking to her about that. She was so fun to work with. She, and she, even if someone brought something to like that to her, she, that's exactly how she responds. She's like, okay, I love it. Let's put a pin in that. <laughs> Maybe circle back to it. So that's your way of so, saying, no, that's never yeah. going to happen. <laughs> yeah. No, thanks. No, thanks. <laughs> so were you getting a graduate degree from Montana state at the time? Yeah. So like, when I first left, I left with like 22 credits on the table. So I went to Pennsylvania and trained for the NFL. And so I had done, I think I'd played like two or three years. And I was like, all right, I got to go back. Cause I promised my mom, if I left early, I'd go back and get my degree. Plus I was so close and, you know, I knew I wanted to coach one day. So I couldn't tell guys that they needed to get their degree if I didn't go back and get my own. So I went back and I got a bulk of it done. I went and back and did a semester and I knocked out like, I think like it was like 18 credits or something like that. And uh, while still training and doing all that good stuff. And then I had four credits or like five credits left. And I was like, man, what do I want to do? And I was like, well, I'd love to, you know, maybe get into the marketing side and, you know, go to Montana. My girlfriend's from there. So I wanted to kind of be in that, you know, be close to her. And so I uh, ended up just, during the last five credits by just working for the university and on the other end of it, whether, you know, doing like the spring ball stuff or marketing or ideas, you know, I, I feel like I, you know, I get creative sometimes. So like, I wanted to see how that played out. And then I wanted to, you know, work with some of the guys. So while I was there, I was able to, I watched film with Derek Marks for a little bit and kind of talked to him about what was to come and his, and his journey in his last season at MSU. And so it was, you know, it was just, it was good to go back. I love Bozeman. You know, I, I hope one day I can spend, you know, half the, half the time up there. So, um, but yeah, I ended up getting my bachelor's in human development and family science there. So, which is kind of what I do now, you know, in the football realm, but also, you know, I coach, I coach a lot of kids independently before I was a college coach and, you know, they all go through things a little bit differently and all of them have different stories, but actively listening to these kids and, and trying to give them some type of insight from somewhere that they hope to be um, has been really helpful for me. And that's just a testament to, you know, me going to school there and, you know, JT and, um, our counselors there kind of pointing us in the right direction. You know, it was, a, it was a blessing. I'm glad I got it. I'm definitely glad I went back. Yeah. That's such an important thing to get that degree. And then, like you said, it really, I think it really gives you kind of credibility when you tell the kids like, Hey, get your degree. And, you know, mm -hmm. I did it. and, you know, It's important. Yeah. And I had to go back for it. Yeah. Twice. Yeah. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> so, but yeah, I love working with Bethany. She's great. I, you know, I, that reminds me, I, I have to call her. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll <laughs> warn her that we played the clip. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, warn her. Let her know. Uh, Zach, question here. Uh, do you follow the Bobcats much anymore, or do you have any opportunity to do that? Yeah, yeah, I do. Absolutely. I remember. Oh my gosh, that play where Derek where Derek came off the edge and closed that game out against um, Austin P. Yes, dude, that was that was one of the, I remember recording that like a fan. I was like, "Oh my gosh, here we go. Rewind, record." You know, just watching them close it out. Um, man, coach Chote's been doing a great job. He's gotten better every year. And, you know, definitely he's doing he's doing the right thing there, that's for sure. Um, I don't follow him as close as I want to. You know, I wish I could watch every game, but you know, the, the games that we get it's it's different now too because like a lot of the guys that like I'll, I'll probably know close to maybe one to two if not any guys on the team you know when I when I when I left there was guys that you know like I watched Singleton and I watched you know Derek and Chad and JP Flint like guys that were kind of like were freshmen when I was a senior you know it was cool to watch them kind of go through their ranks but now that I'm a little bit further out, you know, I know less and less guys on the team. Let me ask you about this. This is a hot topic. What do you think about Troy uh, redshirting? <laughs> Funny you say that. We is this are... loaded or is this a loaded question or are we? 
it's pretty much like an entire episode we're gonna probably do <laughs> oh man it's I probably there's probably a lot that people want to say about it i know that i know that he's like he is like one of the you know he's premier a dude. players on the team yeah and i guess he, he and he was a he was a stud in high school too huh Yep, just a little Dylan Montana kid, just uh, <laughs> plays a true freshman, uh, just to leave it to Beaver type off shucks kid. And here he is, like all American pro prospects. So, yeah, he's gonna redshirt. So we're gonna <laughs> we got a lot to say about that. I don't know mm. what I'm gonna say, but there's a lot to say. Right. We might actually use that as our kind of our interest segment into this interview. We're not entirely sure. We kind of just wing it as we go. But yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely gonna be a recorded segment about that. And yeah, talking. make sure you guys send that to me. Uh, I want to hear what you guys got to say about it for sure. We'll do. Yeah, I mean, you can't be a Bobcat fan right now and not talk about Troy Anderson one way or the other. Yeah. yeah like, oh what, yeah. What's he doing at quarterback? What's he doing at linebacker? Oh, he's red shirt. Like it's always, it's always Troy. <laughs> oh my gosh, she's, she's bringing out water to the to mm-hmm. the people. You know. <laughs> Zach, you'll always have one thing up on Troy Anderson. You've kicked in a Bobcat game. Yeah. Yeah, but I've never played receiver or quarterback or running back, even though I wish they would have maybe once or twice. <laughs> you want to see was... you coming out of the backfield? You have the wheels to do so. I can see that. That's just kind of a – D-line, we think they can do everything, though. That's just kind of like yeah. the curse, you know? Like, we can play tight end. We can play – like, give me the ball. I'll run it. I'll kick the ball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. My, in high school, they used to, we used to run this play. They used to call it pig and they put me back there for running back. Never ran it though. So I just, no one's given me my shot yet. So I'm still looking for it. Maybe I'll, <laughs> maybe I'll run it at practice or something. There you go. All right, Zach. Well, well we're going to get you out of here pretty soon. We appreciate your time and we know it's late for you, but, uh, the back end of our show is always a fun buy or sell. If you're not familiar with it, all you have to do is just buy or sell the statement I'm going to give you and just kind of your reason behind that. You good to go? Yeah, let's do it. All right, buddy. Uh, first question, Zach. Buy or sell 2010 Cat Grizz win over 2012 Cat Grizz win? Oh, 2012 over. I'll buy it. So that's going to be a sell then, but uh, tell me why. <laughs> Uh, I, you know, I would, okay, so I'd sell that one. I'm going 2012, just the senior season, you know, it's this, you, it's your last Cat Grizz game. You want to take it home. That's the one I'm looking for. You know, it didn't get as much play in my mind. I remember it being like a 16, seven or something like that. Uh, low scoring game. I remember the Grizz, uh, running back Peter Wynn, just you guys were just bottling that guy up and he was he was fast and so I was really pleased with that. But uh yeah, it's just kind of one of those games that wasn't really flashy. So it's kind of surprises me that you picked that over the the cold, the infamous two thousand ten game that uh was so like, you know, you know, Daenerys's first uh first game as a quarterback or first cat grace game and that was just such a more memorable game in my mind. Yeah, for sure the the temperature of that game, you know, <laughs> you know that that alone, I'll I'll take 2012 over that temperature any day. But I, you know, I I remember that one too. That that was crazy. I remember looking at, I remember looking at Dagen Ogden. His red beard was covered in ice and sweat and all this stuff. And I was like, did you have icicles on your face? <laughs> it's, it's it was that cold it was that cold yeah a quick well, tangent about that yeah. you who started like the choo-choo train the celebration oh, you guys were doing oh man i remember that i think it was i think it i think it was dan i think it was ogden from the from the outsider's perspective but i know that you guys all got into it <laughs> yeah we did we did and i know i think honestly i want to say dan co-signed on it too so whatever Dan was doing, whatever Dan was doing, I was doing. He's like, "Oh yeah, we're doing that. All right, deal." All right. Wait, so I'm selling. Going. Yeah. Okay. So I'm either selling. I'm buying or selling the first statement. You you gave me two. All right. So the, I'll recap that one. I'm going to help you out yeah, here, buddy. Yeah. So it was 2010 Cat Grizz win 
over 2012 Cat Graves win. And so you first, I think you bought that, but that, but then you said 2012 was your favorite. So, oh, okay. So I'll sell the first you, one. I'll take that yeah, one. Yeah. Got it. The next ones aren't, the next ones aren't as complicated. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, okay, so there's two. I need to buy, close it in, sell it on Monday. Stocks, bonds. Okay. What are we doing? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. All right. Shoot. All right. Uh, second question buy or sell? Collegiate football over professional football. Ooh. So if I want college football, I'm buying it. Yep. Buying it. I'm going to buy that. Uh, you know, I think just for me personally, I loved college football. I mean, pro football is great and it's a dream for sure. But the memories I have and the people that I've met and I know and that the friendships that I've, that I have still to this day, um, came from college football. So I'll buy that one. Nice. Third question. Dallas, buy or sell Dallas Cowboys are at America's team. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll have to, even though they're not my team, I'll have to buy that one just on everybody's assumption. I, you think you say America's team. I don't know if anybody else, you go anywhere else, but Dallas. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Number four, buy or sell Arizona Summers. Uh, oh God. Uh, you know what? I'll buy them because I, it makes you tough. You know, like I've, I've been in 123 degree heat before. So anything under that, I'm good. So when we had those summer days in Montana, I would have no problem with them at all. And I remember seeing my Montana guys, they'd just be dying. They'd be so hot. And I'd just be like, dude, it's like 90 out here. How are you dying? I'm used to 120. So I think it I think it gives a bit of a grit. Just like people that grow up in the cold. People that grow up in snow. I know a lot of them try to get out, but you know, I feel like we're tougher for it. So I'll buy it. Does this state just shut down when it's like 120? Like what happens during those days? You know, it, it's kind of crazy. It's, you know, just like when it's extremely cold and there's snow everywhere. A lot mm -hmm. of the, you don't see people doing anything outside. Um, You know, the AC's cranked up anywhere you go. You know, there's constantly people talking about the heat. So, you know, they're, everyone's always telling everyone to hydrate. Um, and you gotta be careful, man, cause there's people that are falling out on these, on these hikes or they'll go on, you know, they think they might be a little bit too tough. So it's 120 out and they go on a hike with limited water and, you know, heat exhaustion is a real thing. And whether you're hiking or you're golfing, it, it kind of just jumps on your back. So, you know, a lot, not a lot of stuff being done outside. A lot of people are inside, but yeah, when it's 120, man, it's, it's all anyone's ever talking about. And when it's that hot, that means the whole week's going to be hot. So you check your your weather and the whole list through a week is in 120, 115, 111, 115, 120. It's just, it's crazy. Sounds horrible. Yeah, I was, I was telling you that I lived in Glendale for a little bit when I was a kid. We had school shut down one or two days for like 120 some odd heat. Like school just shut oh down. My, like, don't even go to school. What? Yeah. What? I've never heard of that. I was a kindergarten though. <laughs> Still, at kindergarten, they would just tell us to stay away from the jungle gym because it's scolding hot. <laughs> Don't go on the metal. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right, one last question here. I usually do an oddball question at the end of these. Uh, buy or sell, you can still do a standing backflip. Oh, my goodness. I'm selling that all the way. <laughs> I'm selling that all the way because I still want – I don't want to break my neck. But – you know, that is part, that is something I'm hoping, you know, to recreate. And I don't know if it was standing backflip. I think, I think it was a back handspring that they they would go for. But, you know, some people said backflip and I don't think I really corrected them. I was like, yeah, sure. It's all part I of the mystique, man. Just let it, let it, it ride. Yeah. Backflip, front flip, you know, car will do, I'll do whatever. As long as I can get some, some playing time here. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right, Zach. Well, that's the last question we have for you here. Um, thanks for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Absolutely, man. Uh, like I said, you know, I'm I'm free whenever. So if you guys need a filler, or you need a 
let me co-host one of these things one of these times. Get a maybe a, a spot. I can throw some questions out there, man. I I thought this was a lot of fun. I think you guys got something really great going on right here. I appreciate that. It's really kind yeah, to hear. It means a lot to us. Yeah, absolutely. What was it like? Let me ask you guys a question. Hold on real quick before you let me go. What was it like? Um, you know, what was the interview with uh, Coach Choate like? <laughs> I haven't got that far yet. <laughs> no? Are you guys still working on that one? We're working up the courage maybe to talk to Jeff Choate. <laughs> oh, That's wow, about right. <laughs> I'll get you, dude, I'll get you in there. You let me know when. We'll get Coach Choate on here, dude. We've had the opportunity to sit in for exactly one press conference. When we were back for homecoming, we had uh, press passes. And uh, we sat there pretty much back row like you would in a class you don't want to be in. You don't know what you're doing. We're just sitting yeah. in the back like, oh, man, he's, in, he's intense. Let's just uh, let's not, let's not uh, make ourselves aware. Like, no one needs to know we're here. <laughs> Could you imagine? He is intense. Could you imagine if he just pointed you two out and was like, hey, you two, what are you doing here? <laughs> I don't even have an answer exactly to your hypothetical was... situation, let alone what I would have done in the real situation. <laughs> oh, I remember sitting back there with Thorny, and I was like, "I hope he doesn't look at us. Don't make eye contact. Just, just look away if he looks at us." <laughs> I probably would have thrown Shane under the bus, honestly. Like Shane invited us. <laughs> we have a buddy Shane who kind of has a Bobcat outsider. He's been recording like the press conferences video and putting them up on YouTube, and he kind of helped us get the press passes out of like him. It's his fault. It's his fault. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You got to find a, an out somewhere. Where's the pizza? We were told there was going to be. Pizza. <laughs> uh, so you got to talk to Bill, man. You got to talk to Lambity about that. But yeah, guys, guys, I appreciate on. it, man. Thanks for having me. Having me. Yep. Of course. Uh, we end every episode with a big go cats. So can I get a go cats? Go cats. Go cats. Go cats.